Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome back to Headstrong Season 3. You're listening with me, Louis Strong, and this is Episode 4 with Wade Williams. Enjoy. I I think Season 1 of Prison Break has to be my favourite, purely because you get introduced to all these characters and you really learn a lot about them, like... 100% 100% you just you really get to know them and in that series in the first series there's no denying you are one tough cookie um oh God, as Bellic, you know Be- Bellic is a real because of my daughter no I totally get that but uh, but when you look at Bellic's journey throughout prison break you actually have such a nice character arc was that did you know about the, did you know about that kind of happening um when you took on the role because you've talked about there saying that it was always going to be a tough guy but did you know that, you know, come, come Series 4, I don't want to, to ruin anything, but you do have a, a seriously nice character arc. Well, um, I'm going to tell you a story I've never told anybody before. You ready? I'm ready. All right. So I started that show uh, as that bad, you know, Captain Brad Bellick, uh, CEO, CEO, Captain CEO. And I was way down, I was like number five. You know, there's like, now they number people. It was, you know, Wentworth and Dominic, and then I don't know who else. I was the fifth one, which isn't too bad, but still, if you're not the top two or three, you're just kind of a, I don't know what you call it, an adjunct character. So I didn't work every day. Um, but I went in and I did my thing. And I remember on the second episode we shot, this is before it even aired. This is like, I went in, and uh, I didn't know anybody. And uh, there was a scene where uh, our Brutzy cuts off uh, Wentworth's toe. Um, Yeah. And uh, I went into that scene, you know, 
thinking about my character, Brad Bellick, or the character, Brad Bellick, because it's not my character. The writers wrote it. Uh, and I thought, well, you know, he wouldn't be too upset that the guy got his toe cut off because he didn't do it. And, uh, you know, Brad Bellick didn't cut his toe off. He had no idea our brutes he was going to do that. Plus, we're dealing with the freaking prisoner, right? Like murderer. They do stuff like that. Those prison guards there, the real guys told me, they threw shit and piss on them through the bars. They would wow. uh, uh, try to stab them with, I mean, it's brutal in the freaking prison. Um, and I visited Stateville. Anyway, I, I did that with a guy named Chuck Goble, who was the head of the intelligence for the prison at Stateville. That's a, f whoa. <coughs> anyway, so I learned all about it. So I was just going to go in and like, you know, hey, man, you shouldn't have cut his toe off. If you, if you don't keep, if you keep doing stuff like that, I'm going to stop setting meetings up with you. Well, out of the video village where all the producers and stuff sit, I stay well away from there, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, the director comes to me and he goes, hey, man, can you just you know be a little more upset when you come in? Like, wow, why did you do that? And I said, oh, sure, you know, uh, but I'd like to do one for, you know, one. Can I give you like a couple, a couple not upset? And then I'll give you a couple really upset. And he goes, well, you know, I think you just just be upset. So I said, well, let me just have you. Know, I'll do you two of those. And then I'll do. I just want to. I'm playing. I'm just learning what this character's about. So I go in and I do a couple of those, a couple of the different ones. And uh, I see, like, this guy in Video Village, like, screaming, shaking his hands, like, talking to the director. And the director comes he goes, please just be a little more upset, will you? I'm like, I don't even know who the guy is. Well, next morning, I come in to the show. And I go into the makeup trailer. And the makeup leader's like this. The producer wants to see you. Oh, in the no. cafeteria. Now, this is the freaking prison cafeteria. Real prison, Joliet. Orange tables made of, made of metal, you know, bolted to the floor. I go in and I meet the big producer who will remain nameless. And he sits down and he says, Wade, he goes, if you don't do what we tell you to do, we're going to write you out of the show. I said, this is only the second episode. So I call my buddy, Miguel Sandoval. Because he's an old hat. I said, then after that, I was scared shitless. I thought they were going to write me out. I, I was just trying to, like, figure out my character. Um, and he goes, Wade, he goes, don't complain about anything. Don't complain about the catering. Don't complain about the lines they give you. Don't complain about your trailer, your costume, your partners, your, you know, the, the weather. He says, keep your mouth shut. Learn your lines. Hit your marks. And that's what I did. I never, I stayed, like I said, I stay away from those guys, the producers, because uh, this guy was on a freaking power trip. Uh, yeah, clearly. And uh, so I never changed the line. I stayed, the whole series, I wrote, I did a verbatim exactly what they did just to keep my job. And I was able to keep my job five years, it was four years, until that same producer called me on the phone while we were in Dallas. And he was trying to tell me, you know, I don't know, the, the next season he was trying to, like, tell me what they were expecting of me. Um, and I was listening. And I mentioned one thing about, uh, I don't know, some uh, plot deal where the uh, 
the char- uh, Sarah's character, the doctor, was killed off and beheaded. And I said, I said, that was really cool. I enjoyed that. He just shut up, right? He didn't say yeah. anything. He just stood there and listened. I got a phone call two weeks later saying you're out of the show. That's how power trip these guys are. And that's what, I don't know if that's exactly why they cut me, but that was in the third season when I had that conversation. And the fourth season came around. They said, you only get 10 episodes and you're fired. So I kept wow. my sh- mouth shut for three seasons. I shouldn't have opened it up. Maybe I'd have been in all of the fourth. So when you get in a show, remember, um, in the end, man, you know, happiness is a choice. And uh, gratitude is a way of life. And uh, I'm so grateful for that show. I made good money on it. I made some great friends. Um, I've never even seen it, to be honest with you. I've never watched it. Uh, but everybody seems to really love it. And uh, they love this Brad Bellick guy. Um, but the writers wrote that. I just said the lines. Um, yeah, but you, uh, you're, you're the body that delivered the character. I mean, without you, there is no Brad Bellick. Well, I don't know about that. You know what? My sister had an idea, right? You know, Prison Break's shown all over the world, right? <clears throat> you should check it out. You know, but every different country, it's a different guy doing Brad Bellick's voice. It's my body, but there's like the Russian dude, you know, you know, the Spanish guy. You know what I'm talking about? So she was thinking yeah. we should all get, maybe we could all round up all the guys that did Brad Bellick's voice and have like a Zoom meeting. You'll have a massive Zoom party. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? Because they're, yeah. they're doing it too. They're, they're Brad Bellick too. It's just my freaking mug. But, uh, that's what, anyway, I did make some great friends. Nick Santoro, what a wonderful man. He's a writer. Uh, Karen Usher, uh, Wentworth and I, we love each other. Uh, Dominic and I were Rob Nepper. Man, we're, we went, that was, that was really going through the, you know, we were going through the trenches uh, in that. Um, so I did make some great friends. And uh, I did also learn to keep my mouth shut, which Absolutely. was a good lesson. I mean, from season one and season three, they're both spent in prison. I mean, those are some intimate spaces. And I know that you weren't necessarily in the, in the cells constantly. And I know how a shooting schedule works. It changes up all the time. And I know that you've made some lasting friendships. But is there, is there anything that particularly stands out? Because on set, you have a lot of free time to spend with these people. Did you, how did you pass the time from time to time with these guys? Do you have any stories about that? Well, you know, uh, when you're doing one of those TV shows, uh, any TV show, you spend a lot of time in your trailer. Um, they call you in, and they don't, they don't use you. Sometimes for, like, the whole day. You go in at 6.30 in the morning, and they let you go at 10 o'clock at night, and you haven't done crap. I've had that happen many times. So when I was in uh, Chicago, and we were shooting that, um, I played the guitar at the time, and the bugle, and the trumpet, and the harmonica, but I always wanted to learn how to play the banjo, right? Because my buddy, uh, Dr. Robert Haley, uh, he was my neighbor when I was a kid. He's older than me, but I was eight years old. He saved me, actually. I don't know what I'd done without him. See, isn't it interesting how people just show up along the way? Anyway, yeah. I loved him. He also taught me about opera. He's from Dallas. His, his dad and his mom both played in the symphony orchestra there. His dad is also a doctor. So are three of his brothers. And two of his sons, actually, and his daughter, too. Anyway, uh, so I got really into opera and uh, 
bluegrass music and stuff. So when I went to, when I was in Chicago, there's this place called the Old Town School of Folk Music. And uh, it's where Woody Guthrie and all those guys used to play. So I went there to take banjo lessons. But I could only take lessons on Saturday because I had to work, you know, Monday through Friday. Uh, and the only thing they had was fiddle lessons. And I didn't really want to play the fiddle, but I figured, why not? See what happens. Well, I loved it. My fiddle teacher was named Walter. He was great. Um, and I ended up playing music with him, too. So I started playing the fiddle there. And I'd take it into work with me. Uh, and... Uh, after a couple months of me trying to scratch that fiddle, and I got to tell you, when you first start out on the fiddle, you, you sound like a screeching cat. I mean, it is, it is loud, it is ugly, and it has a little tune to it, but not much music. Anyway, eventually Wentworth came up to me and he goes, Wade, I just want to tell you something. I said, what's that? He goes, you know, I asked them not to put me next to you in the trailer because we had double bangers, you know, one on each side. Because of your fiddle, man, I can't sleep. I said, dude, I don't blame you. I said, every time I pick my fiddle up, my cat leaves the room. <laughs> so I ended up only getting guest stars next to me. Because I was playing this loud-ass fiddle. and Oh, oh good old Whitworth. Anyway, uh, yeah, I was really bad. But I really enjoyed it. So I took fiddle lessons. And uh, then we went to Dallas. And that's where my buddy uh, Robert Haley, Dr. Haley's from. And uh, I... Learn from him how to play the banjo. So uh, then I'd bring my banjo in, which is not nearly as nasty sounding as a fiddle when you don't know how to play it. So sure. uh, anyway, uh, you know, that's what I did. Spent my time, those 14 hours a day doing nothing, is I'd practice some musical instrument. I also have, you know, do voiceovers and stuff, so I had stuff to record with. So I just, you know, started, like, messing around. Like, I would play, like, uh, I don't know if I was doing, like, Foggy Mountain Breakdown on the banjo. <clears throat> I'd, I'd break it down with a metronome on my guitar, so then I could play along to my, with myself on the, the fiddle or the banjo or whatever. And that's how I kind of started doing those songs. Um, but I've done songs long before that, like Walk with the Moon, I've been, you know, making stuff up for a long time. I don't feel like writing is the right word. I think it's a bit pretentious. I just make shit up because um, it's fun. I mean, it's a constant narrative in your life, actually. It's really nice to see that music is that permanent feature and something that you always, always well, utilize. Everybody. Even if in times like, of boredom. Tell me what's your favorite song. I'm sure you've got a song that you, when you hear it, you remember stuff or uh, it, it, it I have brings a, back I have, the moment. I have a, a standalone favorite song of all time. Um, and many people go, surely there are best, better songs than that. And I go, well, each to their own. Music is personal taste. And I've got my own favorite song, and that's that. Yeah, why not? Everybody's entitled to their, you know, soulfulness. Exactly. Um, and but shall I, shall, shall I tell you what my song is? My favorite yes, song? Yes, please. You might not even know it, actually. It's an Oasis song, uh, and it's Champagne Supernova. Oh, Champagne Supernova in the sky. Yes. Yeah, I know. That's a great tune. It is a gorgeous tune. It, it is. is. A gorgeous that's beautiful. Tune. Anyway, let us return to prison break. I'm sorry. We get distracted very easily. I feel you like know we're what, always man? on a riff. I was just lucky to be in a show that people watched. I have no mm. freaking ego about it. I was luckier than shit. I know people who've been in this business a long time who deserve much greater. Uh, I mean, I don't know, man. I was just lucky uh, to be in that group of people, that group of actors. And we all stuck together, man. <sighs> 
uh, through the whole thing. We were we were really good with each other. Um, I was lucky with with someone like Wentworth. I have no doubt you have had a million conversations with him, and I don't know if I'm going to be opening up a whole can of can of worms here. But when I I reached out to Wentworth to try and get on the podcast i've yet to hear anything so if you do have his email by all means let him know i don't know have that any I'm, of his contact info I don't, but the only gonna... person that i kind of keep in touch with is rob nepper uh, oh rob's amazing okay, he's, what a he's legend. Got, I, we've i got his number uh but i love them all we're all good friends i mean if we saw each other again it'd be like no time you know no Absolutely. time is gone past. but my question wade was going to be i when i contacted wentworth you told me to say Two words to no, him. No, no, you can't tell anybody that. No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. Okay. That's just between you and me. All right. No, 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 no. Okay, I won't say a word. Never say that to anybody else. It's not nasty. It's just a. It's it's our code word, so we know it's each other. Okay, so I'm I'm now in the Prison Break crew. I know. What's that? I'm now in the Prison Break crew. I'm in. I I know. I'm in. Yeah, don't say the code secret. I'm not gonna say anything. Um, anyway, anyway, I think this is this is fab. But move, moving on from Prison Break, Wade. Let's. You've had. You've done so many roles in your life. You've literally done a variety of, of roles: stage, screen, TV, everything. Is there one that stands out to you, and you think, "Boy, I love playing that role." Sweeney I, I love Todd. how it turned out. Sweeney yep. Todd in Sweeney Todd. That's my favorite nice. role I ever did. Why? It's freaking great. It's opera. It's acting. It's great music. It's a great story. It's fuck, talk about drama. Uh, it's just <laughs> one of the, I think it's a masterpiece. And uh, I was just lucky to have the opportunity to do it. What a beautiful, yeah, it's all about, what a beautiful it, piece of work. I also love, to- I've done uh, Billy Bigelow and Carousel. That's another beauty. I've done Lieutenant Cable and Emile DeBeck in South Pacific. That's another beauty. I paid a Judd like four times. Uh, that's another beauty. Uh, and that's in, in Oklahoma. Um, what else have I liked to do? Oh, I played a guy named Dan White in a, in a, in a play called Execution of Justice about mm. the slaying of Harvey Milk and George Moscone. That's a beautiful piece. About the trial of Dan White, he got off on the Twinkie defense. Uh, I, I like oh, and, and another movie that I'm very proud of. I don't know if anybody's seen it, but um, this is why I do it, man. Uh, you know, to open dialogue about shit that people won't talk about otherwise. Uh, check mm. out this movie called Ken Park, uh, directed by a guy named Larry Clark and Ed Lockman. Uh, that's I'm proudest of that one or two that in terms of like TV movies that's I went for it on that one. So wait, you yeah. you've done a, you've done a whole whole load of acting roles, but you now do and I you always have done a lot of voice voice work. Oh yeah, as, as and I, you've got an amazing voice and you've got such range with it. Um, but it differs to acting work because you're obviously not seen. How do you practice and train your voice, and how have you done it? Well, you know, I think one of the reasons why I have a nice voice is because of singing. Uh, because when you learn, really learn how to sing, and I think everybody can sing. 
Because a lot of people say, I can't sing. Well, somebody lied to them. Everybody can sing. Um, you know, not everybody sings like Maria Callas. Um, but look at like, you know, was his name John, John Rate? Is it John Rate? No, no. What's the guy's name? He's like this. He's like, he's like, I was no. Oh, yeah, I know. I know What's the guy's name? About, I, I love oh, I can't him. Remember. You know, yeah, everybody knows brilliant. what I'm talking about. Uh, you don't have to have a beautiful voice. You just have to have a beautiful voice, and it's your voice. Anyway, so singing connects your whole body, right? So, uh, and that's one thing I, uh, I have a hard time with. Like, uh, when I was uh, first started to learn how to sing, uh, when I was in college, I'd go to church. And I would sing in the choir, you know. I'd sing, you know, uh, oh, I don't know, I don't know. I say, uh, what's the song I could do? A mighty fortress is our God. Everybody would turn around and look at me. So I had to start singing like them. A mighty fortress. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think the reason why I have a decent voice for voiceovers and stuff is because I learned how to sing like that. It's because it gets all your resonators working. Uh, most people, you know, never practice that. Also, it's embarrassing for it to have people turn around and look at you when you sing, right? <laughs> In church. Uh, so I think maybe that's it. I don't know, man. I just got lucky. Uh, Andrea Romano, she's a director, a great friend of mine. Um, she called me when I was doing Prison Break wanting me to do an episode of this show called uh, Avatar, uh, The yep. Last Airbender. I was in Dallas. Mm -hmm. I did it from some studio there. And she goes, oh, you're good. I, you know, I'm going to call you with some more work. And she did. For years and years and years, she would call me in and say, wait, you want to, you know, just offers. See how beautiful people are? Not everybody, um, not everybody has a to grind on you um some people you know, want to love you up so that's what she did to me she got and i loved her and uh um and her uh her man rogerio and uh i met a lot of cool folks doing that and i just grateful dude my it's nice to have a gig that's my mantra and totally. uh, she gave me a, a lot of nice little gigs and uh i had a great time and uh, that's really all I ever wanted to do as an actor is make a living working mm. as an actor. Um, seriously, just to work. Um, and I've been lucky. Um, but I had a lot of poles in the water with different baits on them. Like I had five or six, you know, I had singing. I had voiceovers, which came out of nowhere. You know, acting, just straight acting. Um, I had a little music in me, you know, all these things um, that we all have. Um, and I just, you know, but I love doing them. Um, and I don't take them seriously. I play. I don't, you know, read Stanislavski and then go hide in my closet and work on my part. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And cry. Um, or, or go, you know, Uta Hagen. Or, you know, whatever those, and, and the acting, these freaking acting teachers, they, they end up being gurus, right? 
Uh, you know, you could only do it my way. You know, the Udahagen technique, the Meisner technique, the, you know, the group theater, uh, you know, whatever, whatever acting teachers you have in the Mm. England, you know, they did gurus, you know, they, they, they present themselves. That's why my favorite acting teachers were Nancy Vonovich, Dr. Nancy Vonovich in, uh, at TU. And she was so great. She loved to play. And Bill Esper, William Esper, he was my acting teacher in graduate school. And he was just a regular dude, man. Uh, he, he didn't pull that guru crap. Um, if you find an acting guru, run. Run to Harmonica Wave, Sistine Chapel, and Oyster Shack. <laughs> 20 bucks for two beers. Baptize yourself with one. Drink the other with me. Love it. I love it. Wait, I feel like I've known you. How long have I known you now? Six or seven years? I don't know. When we first met, you were like a kid. How old were you? I mean, I must have first met I was still at school when I first met you. So you I would have been 16 or, or 17. Yeah, I mean, I, would, I was 16 or 17 for sure. I mean, do you remember that first time when I came out to L.A. with you? And within the first day, we were on Hollywood Boulevard outside the theater eating like chicken wings in some classic American diner. That's just oh, yeah. Good Didn't good we go memories. to like a, uh, some improv thing? Do you remember after that improv um, <laughs> show, we, we, we went over to the Scientology Center, the Celebrity Scientology Center, and they tried to convert us? They did. We let them try to convert us, didn't we? I think we were kind of messing with them a little bit. We got we? a tour, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, they, they, he recognized you, and he was just like, oh, there's another one that we want on the wall. <laughs> oh, my God. Remember, I almost fell on my ass going down the steps. Yeah. I had those weird shoes on. <laughs> oh, that was, what that was a, crazy. We've had some adventures, old Louie, haven't we? Yeah, we have. And we went up to the Hollywood sign. You had to. Or we, you, I got me and you standing next to the Hollywood sign. That was pretty cool. Did we walk did, up the – did I take you on the hike up there? We went on the hike, and do you remember, like, you were about 20 minutes behind me? <laughs> yeah, you, that's right. You were, I was fat and ugly at that point. Now I'm skinny and ugly. Ah, oh, nah. Skinny and handsome. Settled now. I mean, you must meet a lot of people in your, in your line of work. How do you find time for yourself when you get off set and actually have that time where it's only you? Well, I always say this about being an actor. The best thing about being an actor is you have a lot of time off. And the worst thing about being an actor is you have a lot of time off. So you have to, if you're only an actor, then you're pretty bored. So I like doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, and I don't, um, I don't limit myself to acting friends. or I have lots of friends from all over different walks of life um, from... I have friends, you know, like we all do from high school, you know, from what you call that, the A-levels or O-levels. What do you call that there? Yeah, um, A-levels. I have uh, just, you know, I worked in a hospital putting myself through school um, mm. as an orderly in surgery and then as a phlebotomist when I was in graduate school. I have friends from the hospital I still know. Uh, I have I was a sous chef at a three-star French restaurant, Franz Romer in Tulsa, my buddy Scott. Uh, uh, I, I, you know, I don't really feel like an actor, to be honest with you. I don't, I don't, I never really wanted to be one. I just, you know, it was the easiest way for me to get through school. And people seemed to think I was good at it. 
And uh, actually, people would actually hire me to do it. What a freaking concept, right? To do something you like and get paid for it. How lucky is that, right? Absolutely. Thank it comes back you. to that word that we Great use, gratitude. Josh Tree. It ain't about me, man. It's just, it's just whatever. It's my little bitty light that I got uh, carrying with me through this life here. And uh, strangely enough, I've made a little money being an actor. But uh, there's a whole grand world out there full of cool people. Let me tell you. Absolutely. Are you there? I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I was just, I was just absorbing like you, your what you parents, were saying. I love your parents, man. They were. I had a great time with them. Your mom's so funny. Uh, and your dad <laughs> too, man. Give them big hugs. Oh, I'm Give them big pandemic hugs for me. That's the art of oh, pandemic, I will. right? I will. Because I can't we'll give them a hug, but you can. I can. I'm in. The, I'm in the bubble over here. I'm in our little bubble. But that's all good. Wade, it has been so nice to talk to you, and I wish you and and Isabella and you know. All, all the safe and well wishes as much as I can, you know, sending you all the best. Oh, um, joy, blessings, love and light to you and your family and everybody who's going to watch this. Um, absolutely. You know, we're all in this together. That's the other thing I think is gratitude about this pandemic is we're finding out we're all the same. doesn't matter how much money we have, what religion we are, what race we are, what culture we come from. Uh, there ain't no difference in any of us. Um, and, uh, isn't that a beautiful realization, right? Mm. I mean, if you look at it that way, you know, we're not separated by anything. Um, and that's to me, a beautiful thing to realize that, uh, you know, you can't define somebody by what they do, how much they make, where they're from, what color their skin is what their accent is, what their, you know what I'm saying? It's, we're, yeah. We're all one. We're all one. And we can do it together. We can get this. We just all have to get together and do it. Um, and, you, and everyone is there. In Europe, you guys are doing really good. In the United States, on the other hand, a lot of people think it's a hoax. <laughs> I know. I have heard this. I have heard this. Welcome to the United States of America. Wade, I finish every single podcast with the same question. What's that? And I don't know if you've had a chance to even think about it yet. We have touched on, on a few bits that I think you might say, but I'm interested to see what you think. The question is, what does the word headstrong mean to you? Headstrong. Well, I have a little saying I, I like to use for myself, the four P's. Um, and with these four P's, which I think is kind of like headstrong in a positive way, and they are practice, patience, persistence, and positivity. Um, that to me is a positive way of being headstrong. Because in order to do practice, patience, and persistence, you got to be positive. Because if you don't have positivity, it's hard to practice. It's hard to be patient, and it's hard to be persistent. But if you add a little sprinkle of positivity on the top of that birthday cake, brother, you can do anything. Yeah. Headstrong. I love it. The four Ps. All the four here. Ps are headstrong. All in your brain, circling around. Choose the positive vortex. 
The I negative know, but... vortex gets you nothing. Like if if you you know there's the I don't know what do you talk about empirical evidence, uh, the idea of faith, like the faith that there's a God or that there's a great spirit or a higher being or even a positive vortex. There's no proof of any of that, but there's also no proof that the bubble just pops or that the, the nihilistic, you know, uh, Nietzschean philosophy that, you know, there's no reason for us to be here. I mean, sure, you can believe that, but there's no empirical evidence for that either. That's faith, too. So why not choose the positive vortex? You ain't got no proof it's one way or the other. Uh, being positive certainly keeps me in a good place. Um, even in tough times, I just have to remind myself, I have to practice it. <laughs> I have to be Definitely. patient with myself. I have to be persistent with my positivity. Positivity. Anyway, I'm done with my sermon. I feel like we could, we could genuinely just talk for hours, Wade, but I'm not sure how people would feel about that. Who cares what <laughs> they think? Exactly. We're having a good time. Yeah, who cares? I'm, you know, come on on. We'll, we'll all have a freaking conversation. Anyway, but what do I know? You know, I'm just a freaking guy in the middle of Joshua Tree talking to my camera. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Wait, thank you so much for coming on Headstrong. It really means a lot. And I hope everybody really enjoys this episode. And yeah. Oh, Hopefully we might do another QA. Send one up the positive vortex for me to stop smoking. I I keep trying and I can't and I'm having a hard time. <laughs> so anybody have just send it up the positive vortex that for the Wade to Everyone, everyone could say a prayer, but they have to pay me $20. You don't have to say a prayer. You can do whatever you do, but just, you know, please, Wade, help Wade stop smoking. That would be nice. You can do it, Wade. You can do it. I can. I can. I just, it's hard. And that's the one <laughs> thing I can do with this pandemic. That's the art of pandemicking. That's like the one thing that's killing me with, if I get it. So um, that's the one thing I can do something about. The rest of me is just me. Anyway, I love you, Louie. Louie oh, Luai. Love you too, Wade. Um, Louie Luai. You, you are headstrong. You're a positive dude. Uh, Thank you. You like to play. You're, you're going to be whatever you end up doing. And I believe in chance, brother. I never wanted to be an actor. How did I get here? Uh, look at you, man. You're, do, you're kicking ass, man. I'm proud of you. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Ha! <laughs> And that is the end of episode four with Wade Williams. An absolute massive thank you to my friend Wade. He's such a legend and an absolute character. He's got so many great stories and is a fantastic musician. You guys go check out his YouTube channel and keep listening to his stuff. It's really, really inspiring and it's great for our souls and minds. I also want to say a massive thank you to my editor, Jack Graham Thomas, and also a thank you to Harry Neal, who keeps producing phenomenal artwork for me. Finally, I want to say thank you to you, the listener. Without you listening, I wouldn't be making this show, so I really, really appreciate you taking the time to click and listen to my stuff. Catch me next week for another episode. Stay headstrong.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.